Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We are going to rehearse the outline uh, of the Old Testament uh, every time we gather together in the book of Nehemiah. And by the time that we're finished with the book of Nehemiah, you will know all of the Old Testament books. You will know what category those books fit in. Um, The law, the poetry, the history books, you'll have learned all of that. So um, uh, get your pen and get your pad and then uh, I'm going to test you next week, so be ready and study. Uh, I told you the last time we gathered together, not last week, but the week prior, that the Old Testament divides itself into four sections, four major sections. The law, history, poetry, and prophecy. The law books are Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, in Leviticus. If you don't get them all tonight, you'll hear them again next week. And the history books are Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st, 2nd Samuel, 1st Kings, 2nd Kings, 1st, 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. No worries. Again, you'll get them. And if you miss them, they're right in the front of your Bibles. It's not deep spiritual insight I'm giving you here. So we have the law books, the history books, the poetry books are Job, Proverbs, Psalm, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. And you have the prophetic books, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. So the Old Testament dividing itself nicely into four major sections, the law, history, poetry, and prophecy. And the prophetic books divide into two sections, and you can just write that down. The prophetic books divide into two sections, the major prophets and the, anybody know the other one? Minor prophets, very good. Y'all already know all this stuff. And there are five major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And there are 12 minor prophets. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. If you're Italian. Malachi. Nehemiah... Nehemiah is in the historical section. It's in the historical section, Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah. 
And that's what will be over the next several months. Now, we'll go over that again. No worries if you missed it. Um, last time, if you were with us, you know, I told you that Nehemiah is a great book. It's a great story. Uh, it's also uh, just a great book, and we can learn many lessons from this book. It's a great book on leadership. It's a great book on revival. It's a great book on how to teach us how to pray and how to solve our problems. It's a great book on how to work in the ministry in the face of the enemy trying to pull us away. It's a great book on setting God-given goals. It's a great book on becoming a person of vision. It's a great book on humbling yourself before God. It's a great book on reverence for the word of God. The book of Nehemiah is just a great book. The book divides itself easily and nicely in the two major sections, and you can write this down. Chapters 1 through 6 are the reconstructing of the walls. Chapters 1 through 6, very nice, very easy. Chapters 1 through 6 talk about the reconstructing of the walls. And chapters 7 through 13 talk about the reconstructing of the people. Reconstructing of the walls in the first half, the reconstructing of the people in the second half. Very easy. Now, if you were with us the last time, you know. Let me just give you this brief backdrop because I think it's important. The people of God have been taken into Babylonian captivity for their rebellion and their idolatry toward God. And they were taken in three deportations. Uh, The first one was in 605 B.C. And Daniel was taken into captivity with other Jewish people. In 597, the second deportation was in 597 B.C. And Ezekiel was taken in that deportation. Uh, Nehemiah was never taken into captivity. Are you listening? Nehemiah was born in captivity. Um, It was in 537 B.C. that the Medo-Persian King Cyrus issued a decree allowing the people to of God to leave Babylon and to go back uh, to their homeland. Two to three million Jews went into Babylonian captivity. And when King Cyrus allowed the people to go back to their homeland, only about 50,000 went back to their homeland. When they went back, they went uh, back to Jerusalem with Zerubbabel, who was a political leader, uh, Joshua, who was the high priest, and Nehemiah, the Bible tells us, was a cupbearer. Last time we read chapter 1. We just kind of read it together. And um, it's it's actually, it's it's a great chapter. And I think that uh, I'd kind of like to just read it again with you and just kind of catch up to speed if you don't mind. I've actually titled this sermon, Building for God, Building for God. Um, Nehemiah chapter 1, saints, we pick up in verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, say amen. Amen. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. It came to pass in the month of Chisluv in the twelfth year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped who had survived the captivity concerning Jerusalem. 
And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the providence are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. And so it was in verse four, when I heard these words that I sat down and what did he do, saints? He wept and then he did what? He mourned for how many? Many days. He was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And then in verses five, all the way through verse uh, 11 is Nehemiah's prayer. In the interest of time, let's not read Nehemiah's prayer. We read it the last time. Uh, Stop right there. Give me your attention, if you will. Uh, For Nehemiah, um, it's an ordinary day. It's an ordinary day in the life of Nehemiah, in the life and duties of Nehemiah. Uh, It's probably around November or December. If you're taking notes, you can write that in your margin. It's probably around November or December. Nehemiah is walking down the hall of the citadel, and he sees two guys. Are you listening? And he sees two guys, Hanani and Hakaliah, who had just returned from Jerusalem. And he asked them how the people were doing in Jerusalem. Verse 4 tells us that they told Nehemiah that the people of God are in great distress and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem are broken down and the gates are burned. And all of a sudden, a very ordinary day turns into an extraordinary day. In the course, listen, with verse 4, are you hearing me? With verse 4, history turns. With verse 4, Nehemiah's day turns. It's an ordinary day for him. But when his two brothers tell him that the people in Jerusalem are in distress, the walls are broken down and the gates are being burned, Nehemiah wept and he fasted and he prayed. And the course of Israel's history is about to be written upon hearing the news concerning the people in Jerusalem. Somebody once said, and I like this, they said, great life-changing events swing on very small hinges. Great life-changing, I need to tweet that. Great life-changing events swing on very small hinges. That's very true. I mean, think about it. For Nehemiah, it was just another day. Probably a lovely day. I think of uh, Moses talking about ordinary days. You know, you start your days. Are y'all getting me? You start your day, just get up in the morning, go do what you do, brush your teeth and go about your day. And you don't know what your day holds. God knows what your day holds because God knows the end from the beginning. So he knows what your day holds, but you don't know what your day holds. And I think of Moses who it was an ordinary day when Moses went out caring for his sheep and he heard the voice of God calling him to become a prophet. I think of David, he was called by his father to come in from hanging out with the sheep, but little did he know that he was going to be anointed king. It was an ordinary day when Peter and Andrew, James and John were mending their nets after a night of fishing failure, but Jesus came and called them to become fishers of men. So for Nehemiah, the day started out with a passing comment about God's people. And began to work in in the heart of this cupbearer to be a builder of God, a builder for God. You never know what God has up his sleeve. 
and you never know the difference a day makes, especially for Christians. Are you listening? It's exciting being a Christian. It really is. And it's exciting being a Christian and being used by God. Can you say amen? amen. And God wants to use you. God wants to use your life. He wants to bless you. He wants to do great and awesome exploits through you. But you got to care. You got to care. You don't have to be prepared. You don't have to be qualified. But you got to simply care. You got to care. Like Nehemiah, he cared about what was going on with the people of God in Jerusalem. He cared about the people of God. You got to care. And you got to make yourself available to God and keep an open heart before God, and God will use you. I used to say, and my wife will tell you, I remember. I used to say, you know, um, you know, my mom used to tell me years ago that uh, I was going to be pastor. And she used to tell me uh, that she saw me. One time she told me in a vision, that, uh, in a vision, she saw me in a, in a preacher's robe. And I was in a, I'm like, I don't know, what, was, I don't, what were you eating? I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, she saw me in a preacher's robe and I'm like, mom, please. And then, you know. Various people would tell me that, you know, God, you know, had a call in my life or whatever. And, 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 and my wife used to even tell me, oh, you're running from God. You need to just submit to God. God's got a call in your life and God wants to use you. And, and I used to always say, yeah, I'm, yeah, well, God will use me. Yeah, sure. I'll become a pastor when, when God stands at the foot of my bed and God says, Rodney, I want you to become a minister. Then I'll be a pastor. I mean, that was the furthest thing in my mind, from my mind. But, you know, God had other plans. And, and, and little did I know what God's plans were. Uh, I was uh, sharing my testimony with, you know, I told you guys when I fly, uh, that's my time to preach. And um, I told you because I got a captive audience right next to me. He can't go nowhere. Even if he got to go potty, he got to come back. I mean, one time one guy went in the bathroom. He stayed in there an awfully long time. And I'm like, what happened to him? He just stayed in there because he didn't want to hear me talk. And uh, so I was sharing with a guy just, just last night about, you know, what God has done and how God wants to use you and how you need to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. And, and God, you know, wants to use, use your life and, 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 and bless you and, 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 and show grace to you and show grace through you to other people. God wants to do these things, but we've got to care. We got to thank you, Miss Betty. We got to care. That is right. We got to care. I want you all to say amen right there. You got to care. That's all. And God will do great things. So on this ordinary day, Nehemiah hears that the people of God are in danger. Why? How? Because the walls are broken down. We talked about this the last time. And the gates are burned. Remember I told you that walls are important in the ancient world. Walls around a, a city represented separation, salvation, and protection. 
and an unwalled city was open and vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. People living in an unwalled city lived in fear of being attacked and brutalized. So you can see why there's an urgency, if you will, um, concerning the walls. Nehemiah hears that the walls of the city are torn down and he's concerned. Then the last time we, we learned when the people returned to Jerusalem, remember I told you that they were standing there. And they're looking at the rubble and they're looking at the, the, the ruins and they needed to rebuild. And God sent Zechariah to tell the people, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Remember I told you that? Well, it was also, listen closely, it was also at this time that God sent the prophet Haggai with a word for the people. Now, what I want you to do is we are going to tonight, we're going to leave Nehemiah and we're going to go to Haggai and spend the rest of our evening there. Okay, because I want you to see what God has to say in the book of Haggai to the people concerning uh, the the ruins, concerning the, the temple being torn down. Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai. Did you get all that? Zechariah, you're going too far. Back up. If you're going to Malachi, you went too far. Back up. Two books. Or just go to Malachi and back up two books. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament before you get to Matthew. So just back up two books. Listen, by the time we're done on Wednesday nights, you will be tired of hearing the, the order you have it in your head. Somebody say, that's a good thing. All right. Haggai, we're going to hang out here tonight and put this story together. I need to turn in myself. I'm so busy trying to get y'all there. I need to turn in myself. Now, now look at this. Uh, We're looking at chapter one. And we're looking at verse three. And look at Haggai chapter one, verse three, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have so much and bring in little you eat. Are you looking at verse six? You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You look for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts. Because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of yours or or every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, 
The heavens above you withhold the dew. The earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil. And whatever the ground brings forth on men and livestock and all and on all the labor of your hands. I'm just feeling led to read verse 12 through 15. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shadiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak. Not so bad. The high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. Underline that. Obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent them and the people feared the presence of the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the message to the people saying, I am with you, says the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of that guy, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of that guy, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and they worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th. Believe it or not, this is very important right here. On the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Write this down. Ezra chapter 3 verse 8. It tells us that the people are back in their homeland and it is a high time. They laid the foundation to the temple and everybody's excited. The priests came out all dressed up in their priestly garments and they played the trumpets. You know, I get, I always get Louis Armstrong in my head right around there. They, they play the trumpets. They're like probably playing when the saints come marching in, you know, that, dun, 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 dun. you know, there's like excitement going on and people are all dressed up and they're, and, and, and there's singers there and there's drummers there and there's symbols and they're praising God for the work that has been done. Ezra chapter three, verse 11 tells us, I think I have that for you on the screen, don't I? I do. And they sang responsively. Praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures for how long, saints? Forever toward Israel and us. And then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Now, I know you know when God is blessing, Satan starts messing. Isn't that true? You need to write that down. The foundation of the temple has been laid. The people's hearts are focused on the things of God. Israel's neighbors are the Samaritans. And they didn't like what God was doing. And so they began to give Israel trouble to distract them. And it worked. When the people were met with resistance, they became spiritually lethargic. And they left the things of God. And they started working on their own houses. Landscaping their front yards, putting sprinkler systems in and probably putting those puffy plants. What are those puff, those um, hydrangeas? Yeah, those puff, we got them on the side of our house. Those little puffy plants, they're making their houses look all nice, but they neglected God's house. Is anybody listening? And weeds began to grow over the temple and it was a disgrace and a reminder to the people of their messed up priorities. Well, then enters Haggai, center stage, 
14 years later, 14 years later, God said, Haggai, go to Zerubbabel and Joshua and the people and tell them that's enough of doing your own thing. Let's get going with my thing. Let's get going with my work. God says, Haggai tells the rubber bell, I hear the people saying, this time has not come. I hear the people saying, this time has not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. Think about that. The time has not come. It's been 14 years. It's 14 years and the job isn't finished and they're saying the time hasn't come. You see, now the people, listen, they're not saying, now listen to me closely here. The people are not saying that God's house shouldn't be built. They're saying it is in time to build the Lord's house. We'll get to it later. Right now, we got things to do around our house. When I'm done with the kids and my wife's stuff and paneling the living room, then I'll start working on God's stuff. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.